Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 323 for the 16th of Tishrei in a leap year. This is the episode for the second day of Sukkot, uh, which is a Yontav. So I am pre-recording this episode and I wish you all a Chag Sameach. I hope you're all having a very nice holiday. So today's episode, the message of today's episode is actually pretty straightforward. It's pretty, um, you know, again, some of these uh, some of these messages in the Tanya are kind of esoteric and really lofty. These are these th- this today's episode, today's uh, portion of the Tanya is actually extremely practical and straightforward and has two main points to it. For context, what's interesting about today is that it is technically found within the uh, within the epistle 22, which we've been learning in the past couple of episodes, but it's kind of like an addendum. It's kind of added on in its own separate paragraph. And it is sort of like a total, a di- seemingly a totally different topic to what we've learned about so far. However, it is possible to see a connection between the rest of the epistle and then today, what we're going to be learning to- today. So just to refresh your memory, what we've been learn- learning about in the past couple of episodes in the Egeris e- e- 22 and Epistle 22 is just the idea of how to deal with physical suffering and physical concerns that we have, troubles that we have, and how to not let them kind of engulf us and enmesh us and make them into such uh, deep things that, you know, people like the ultra was, was kind of um, telling his, Hasidim not to come to him, uh, bringing all of their physical concerns and things like that to him. Uh, Today, we're going to be focusing on two main things. Those two main things are the idea of davening, the importance of prayer, and the importance of really praying with fervor and praying with stubbornness, even like just like, you know, really being sincere in our prayer to God and not like rushing through the prayers, but taking it more seriously. And then the second part of what we're going to be learning about today is in terms of our, our relationship with people and the importance of staying humble in the face of every person. And to me, the connection between all of these things is just about the virtue of simplicity, staying simple and being and keeping your priorities straight. That's that's sort of the idea. So it's like whether it comes to your relationship with your possessions, with the things that you have in your life and your personal worldly affairs, that if things are not always going exactly the way that you envisioned it or that you would have wanted or something like that, or there seems to be some kind of obstacle to never feel entitled and to never feel and to not get too bogged out down in the physicality. So to stay kind of like simple in that way. And then also there's this idea of when we approach God, to approach God from this very simple, straightforward manner of just like 
you know, speak to God in a real way, in a sincere way, be sincere. And then when it comes to people too, to be, you know, trusting, don't, you know, obviously we don't want to be naive, but you know, to a certain extent, like not to, uh, not to think badly of people, not to be cynical, not to assume people have negative motivations, but in fact, really think good of people, really assume the best in people and be humble. Think of your, think of the things that other people have that you lack, that you can learn from other people. So with that being said, let's see how the ultra bit explains all of this and um and breaks this down so here we go so again for context this is going to be the conclusion or the final paragraph of epistle 22 of igaras akodesh and the ultra rabbit begins by addressing his followers with its tear with tears of endearment he says my beloved brethren and friends and he says due to him being very busy um uh and these these preoccupations that he have are surround him and encircle him like water uh, all day, all night, and they never stop, they never cease. And he uses the poetic language from Yeshayahu to describe this. This is from Yeshayahu chapter 62, verse 6, where it says, that all day and all night, never holding their peace. These different. So basically, he's saying that he's very because he's so busy, he it, he doesn't have the time to write down everything that he wants to. That's in his heart. But so he's nevertheless he's going to say it in a short-handed manner, like somebody who comes and like reviews these things. So these are he's going to be reviewing something. So it's these are not new ideas basically, but he's just going to be reviewing it and reiterating these ideas that he, in a short way that he feels are extra important to him, especially to those people. Uh, this is who he's addressing are people who offer themselves in prayer to stay steadfast in their service of prayer. And to pray out loud, to pray with a loud voice. So basically, he's saying that people who really want to develop themselves in prayer, who want to show up for their prayer, which just as a side note, this is speaking to me in a very personal way, because my, uh, I don't know if I'd mentioned this on the podcast yet, but my resolution for the coming year was to improve my prayer and to really work on my service of prayer. And thinking about this idea that the word for service of prayer in Hebrew is avoda. Prayer is called avoda. Avoda means work, toil. So it's supposed to be a workout. Prayer is really supposed to be just like you have a physical workout. You know, every morning I do my yoga, my my fitness practice the prayer is is a spiritual workout it's supposed to leave you sweating you're supposed to really be working so that's what i'm hoping you know god willing to work on this coming year and so this is a very apt section for me on a personal note so hopefully it will speak to you guys as well that the ultra rabbi here is saying for those of you that want to take your prayer seriously then this is what you need to do he says that you should pray first of all with a loud voice so pray out loud and you should strengthen yourself, they should strengthen themselves vigorously with all of their might and power against any kind of obstacles, whether the obstacles are outside, external obstacles or internal obstacles. So an external obstacle could be there's the sound of traffic outside, music, people talking, things like that. And in, inner obstacles could be your own inner thoughts, your own inner distractions, resistances, things like that to strengthen yourself against these things uh, with a strong hand, which is the will of those who fear God, uh, which is above Chochmah and above Tuna. So it's above wisdom and understanding. So it's above intellect, this will that, that Hashem gave to them to do 
any everything that God to know that the, what they to know and to do anything that God commanded them to do with their intellect and with their knowledge. So meaning to say that like God imbued within every Jew a willingness to do his will. And this is something that he's asking everybody to tap into and that this this should be a simple will. And it should be a ruach nediva, it's called in Hebrew, a, a voluntary spirit in every person that their heart uh, prompts them to serve God with this simple, simple service. It should be a avodat it's called in Hebrew, like a very simple, which is also called complete service to, um, to bring nachas to Hashem, to bring um, nachas is one of those words that's like hard to translate, but to bring like an appeasement of, of spirit to their maker, to Hashem. This is what happens when we pray with sincerity. That's the basic idea. And a be- and it should be coming from this place of will, which is beyond intellect. And then the altar says that this, about this level of will, uh, it's, it's it describes like, where do we see an allusion to this level of of supra rational will is in Shmot chapter thirty-four, verse nine, where it says, where it says, For this is a stiff-necked people and you should pardon. So this is basically this interestingly where where Hashem calls us a stubborn nation, a stiff-necked nation, that's actually a praise to us. It's actually that is why God forgives us. So it's actually a good thing that we're stubborn. So this is during prayer, this is a chance for us to actually tap into our stubbornness. And why is it that specifically prayer leads to forgiveness in this way? Because and because prayer is something that transcends intellect because it's coming from that place of will. And forgiveness is also something that comes from a place that's above intellect. Um, be- because we see that there's this uh, anecdote that's told in the Talmud Yerushalmi, in the, in the Jerusalem Talmud in Makot, Makos um, 2.6, where it says that they asked Chochmah, what uh, what should happen to souls that sinned? And Chochmah actually said that the, the wisdom, attribute of wisdom said that they should be punished. So we know that within the realm of intellect, there's room for punishment. It's not a place of forgiveness. It's like you can logically explain why people should be punished. There should, you know, there should be consequences for actions and things like that. But forgiveness is something that comes from a place that's above intellect. And we know that Moshe prayed specifically for this, that his prayers should um, be granted, mida keneged mida, it's called in Hebrew, measure for measure, meaning that Moshe pleaded that Hashem should grant forgiveness to the Jewish people, uh, measure for measure to the to them pleading with him. So it's like, just like their pleading and stubbornness was coming from a place that was above intellect, so too should God grant them this uh, forgiveness from a place that's above intellect. And not only this, okay, so that's that's section number one. That's like the first part of the section today is the altar of a pleading with his chassidim to pray with more sincerity and stubbornness and really just be show up and be earnest and simple with God, straightforward. Um, now the second, here we begin the second part of the section. Now that what's the second thing that the altar of a was now is going to ask um his followers, he says, he's asking them not to cast aside the words which he had told them already. So again, he's saying this is a reiteration of something he had already taught them. This isn't going to be something new. What is it? It's that every upstanding person who walks with integrity, just as, and then this is a verse from Echa chapter 7, verse 29, where it says, Asa ha'ilokim adam yashal, that God made man upright. So he should not seek numerous calculations. He shouldn't make cheshbonash, it's called in Hebrew, about uh, regarding the 
why it is that people do different things and the thoughts and and machinations of people. So meaning to say that you shouldn't try to start thinking too much or analyzing people too much about why it is that they do different things and try to figure it out and assume that people are scheming and things like that. Because to figure out the motivations of a person, this is the realm of heaven. This is not in the realm. This is not the job of a person of flesh and blood. So to try to figure out, like to judge people, basically, to think about like, oh, that person, yeah, you know, I see what they're doing. They, I, I know what's going on behind closed doors or whatever. Like, sure, they're really successful in business, but do you know why? Because of blah, 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 whatever it is, you know, it's like, that's not your job. That's, that's God's job to judge people and to figure out what it is, why they do what they do, but you should not do this. Rather, what should you do? You should believe with full faith in the mitzvah that comes from our sages, that you should be humble of spirit before every person. This comes from Pirkei Avos chapter four, verse 10. And this is one of my favorite things in all of Judaism. One of my favorite teachings in all of Judaism is this idea of being humble in spirit before every person without exception. I truly believe this is my own personal take here that if we all did this, the world would be such a beautiful place. Perhaps that would that is what would bring Mashiach. It's, it's such an important principle that's often over, overlooked is this idea of humility and humility, not just before God, but before every person. So now going back to the altar of the altar says, because, because it's a true thing. Like why, why should we be humble of spirit before every person? Because it's true. Truly we can become better through our fellow. So, and this is a, such a deep principle. There's so much to say here about this, that the only way that we can really improve is through other people. If we were just like in solitary confinement our whole lives, we would not have any reason to improve ourselves, really. That's, you know, or maybe we would improve ourselves to a certain extent, but, but really what pushes us to improve, what pushes us to develop and grow is our interactions with other people. And we're all interconnected. And now here the altar brings a citation here from Shoftim chapter 20, verse 11, where it says, Kol ish Israel ke ish achad that every, for all the people of Israel are together like one person. So just like one person, meaning to say we're all like one, we're all one. Just like you see a person is made up of many different organs that are all very different, but they all affect the heart because the heart is where life comes from. So too, are we all like one person? And the service of the heart, which is prayer, so this is bringing us to the back to the first part of the section today, is what connects us back to our source, to the fact that we are all one. And then the altar says that from the positive, you can infer the negative. So he's sort of not spelling it out explicitly here, but what he's basically saying is that just like when, what like the first part is that prayer and unity and Jewish unity are very much interrelated in the sense that when a person prays, what they're doing is they're tapping into that source of the unity. They're tapping into the heart of the Jewish people, which just like the heart of the body connects all of the organs, the heart of the Jewish people connects all people together. Uh, so this is a good like conduit. Prayer is a good conduit for getting to that place of recognizing the unity of all Jewish people. So too does it work in the negative that if God forbid people have uh, don't have a good prayer and their and their prayer is lacking, God forbid that could lead to divisiveness amongst Jewish people. And so now the altar says this is why it's taught in Tzaphania chapter 3 verse 9 to serve Hashem with one purpose. 
specifically one purpose. So meaning we're supposed to be united. We're not all just supposed to be like serving God in little isolated islands. It's there's supposed to be this unity there. And so he says that this is why my beloved friends, he says, please, he's pleading with his chassidim, he's pleading with his followers to really implant and engrave the love of one's fellow in their heart. And here he brings a citation from Zechariah chapter 8, verse 17. Let none of you consider in your heart what is evil for his fellow. So meaning to say that a person shouldn't like sit and contemplate and think about how a person that they know has negative motivations and is, you know, evil and all of that kind of stuff. And then the altar goes on and he says, not only should this not be something that a person should spend time thinking about, but it, in fact, it shouldn't even be aroused in your heart. It shouldn't even come up in your heart in the first place. And if it does come up, because sometimes it's true that, you know, we can't always control our initial thoughts, then a person should push it away. They should push these thoughts away, just like one would push smoke away as if it was an actual idolatrous thought, as, as if it was a thought of actual avodazara, actual idolatry. Why? That's like pretty severe, right? That just like having a momentary thought that maybe someone you know has like not the best motivation to do something. Why is this considered like avodazara, like idolatry? Because we know that lashon hara, um, slander speech, speaking negatively about somebody else, is considered to be a greater sin than avodazara and gile arayos and shvichostamim. So it's considered, so there's three cardinal sins in Judaism, the worst, worst possible sins that a person can do. This came up the other day where actually my contortion teacher asked me, who's not Jewish, asked me, what are the three worst things a Jewish person can do? And I said, there's these three things. There's Avodah idolatry, Giloy Arayos, idolatry, and Shvichas Damim which is bloodshed. And these three things, the exception, the reason why these three things are considered to be so bad is for anything else in Torah, like if to, like let's say if somebody put a gun to someone's head, God forbid, that should never happen, and tells them that they have to either eat pork or um, or be killed, then the person's actually allowed to eat unkosher food. You know, a person's allowed to break Shabbos. A person's allowed to do many things in Judaism if it's uh, if the penalty would be that they would be have to give up their life. We don't have to give up our life, lives to fulfill most of the things in Judaism. However, there are three exceptions. The three exceptions are idolatry, adultery, and bloodshed. Um, so now, and those three things, a person is must give up their lives rather than commit those three things. So it's those are really, really severe things. But now what the altar is saying here is he's saying that as bad as those three, those three things are, Lashon Hara is actually worse. Speaking negatively about someone else is worse than these three things. There are explanations about this in other places that uh, talk about this in more detail about how Lashon Hara actually is uh, likened to these three sins and and how it, they are. It is actually like these three sins on a small level to a small degree or maybe even a large degree, according to the Altar Rebbe here. And so now the Altar Rebbe goes on and he says that if this is the case with speaking slanderously, speaking negatively about somebody else, then we already know that there's a greater, um, there's a principle that, that a person's thought has a greater impact than their speech. So thought is not something to be dismissed lightly. Thinking is actually something very, very powerful. We believe this very strongly in Judaism, especially when you start learning chassidus about the power of thought. And this is true whether it's for good, good thinking, or negative thinking. You know, like the ultra, the, the Rebbe taught this idea of tracht good with sign good, think good and it will be good. And this wasn't just a simple platitude. This is, this is a really powerful thing that if you think good, it will bring good things. And this is where the altar of it 
ends and then he concludes with a final blessing where he says, and the good God should bless his nation with peace and should bring upon you peace and life forever as is the wish of him who loves you deeply from heart and soul. So again, so just as the ultra started off with, uh, with, with a ter- terms of endearment, he ends off with a blessing here. So it's a kind of, kind of uh, sandwich the rebuke and the kind of like the more commanding na- nature of this section today. He uh, couches it in these more loving phrases. So that's it for today. So in sum, so just the main idea is again, when you're relating to God, then pray with sincerity, pray with stubbornness, really just be there, show up, um, you know, don't take it, don't don't just rush through your prayers or anything like that. And in praying in this way, this actually will connect you and help you to connect to the heart of the Jewish people, which is that which connects all of us. And hopefully that can help you be humble in the face of every person and and thus judge people favorably and just have this really deep love of your fellow man, not just in your actions and your speech, but also in your thoughts. So that's it for today. And so I will see you or hear you or speak to you all on the other side of Yantav when we get to Cholomoed and uh, we'll, when we begin a new epistle and speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.